This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Brady Smith. Brady is a professional website designer, copywriter, and also narrates the occasional audiobook. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, I'm glad to be here, Roman. It was, uh, yeah, it was very generous of you to invite me on the, sh- on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are now? Oh boy. Um, yeah. So I, uh, probably got kind of the, the entrepreneurial bug like early on, it was probably, you know, 13, 14 where I was kind of like, okay, there's, there's gotta be more than just a normal, um, nine to five type type of work. Um, but I wasn't really introduced to it until quite a bit later on. Um, but yeah, I kind of had that simmering there. And, um, when I graduated high school, I had, I had started, I'd done a little bit of like uh, college work uh, to try and get a, a degree. I didn't really know what that degree was going to be on, but it was just kind of, you know, uh, like clep tests and that sort of thing. And uh, once I graduated out of high school, I just got into some normal jobs. I, I worked at a, a, a tree service job and I worked at a tire shop and I worked building airplanes for a while. And then eventually I got on working for UPS and that was kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back because... I had a lot of uh, people around me just being like, wow, you, you, you made it to UPS. Now it's like you got it made in the shade and, and you're, you know, worked there for 40 years and you're going to be set. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a, a lot of respect to the UPS drivers out there because it is it is a tough job and I did not enjoy one second of it. So um, I was just like, oh, my goodness, like eight months that I worked there felt like an eternity. I couldn't even picture um, you know, working 40 years there. So that was kind of the the impetus. I was like, okay, I got to figure something else out. And that really started me learning as much as I could. And uh, it was about, about six months after I quit UPS that I, I actually got on with, uh, it was a salaried position um, uh, for a national nonprofit. I was doing their website and some digital marketing and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like I, I can work from home. I set my own schedule. I get you know paid on results instead of hours. And I was like, okay, there, there's something here. And that was really when I started getting into podcasts, uh, discovered the four-hour work week, um, things like that. And then it was like, yeah, off to the races. No, that's awesome. And I think that's a great luxury of being in, you know, website design, development, digital marketing that, you know, anywhere you really have an internet connection, you can be working. And obviously a lot of it is remote based. And I think you made a good point. I don't know if it's generational, but you know, the, the goal 20, 30 years ago was, you know, you find a job, a quote unquote good job, and then you stay in that until you retire. And then you just go along your, you know, on your merry way with whatever that they give you a watch or whatever, but um, I don't know if it's if it's a generational mindset. But I think, it, I, I, like you said, I'm not knocking people in that situation because also that stability 
is related to your situation. So obviously, if you have a family, if you have circumstances, it's hard to pivot or, you know, jump around or test and feel out the stuff that you're, you know, maybe passionate about. But I mean, personally, you know, in the last 11 years, I've pivoted it, pivoted as much as I could and learned as much as I could as well. I mean, I have basic understanding of HTML and CSS in terms of how to apply it to digital marketing and things like uh, SEO and website performance. And, you know, I got into digital marketing as a result of the 2008 recession and have been in it for, you know, about 11 years. So I think anyone that, you know, is in a situation now with this whole coronavirus stuff and anything that may come in the foreseeable future, I think it's important to take advantage of the situation as well. Yeah, no, and I totally agree with that. I think uh, a lot of people are realizing, like, if you are putting in your hours, um, it's, I mean, there's really no road to wealth in just working an hourly job. And, and a lot of people have different motivations for wealth. And a lot of people, you know, even look down on wealth and it's like, it's this bad, dirty thing. But, uh, you know, I think my, my motivation and what I'm really striving for in becoming wealthy is not uh, to serve myself, but to serve other people. And if that's your motivation, I, I think, um, you know, it, it just fuels you to move on with <laughs> this entrepreneurial roller coaster. I mean, you, you talked about stability. And I think that is such a, a point like that people get hung up on They're Like, well, I got this nine to five job. I got the, the, the 401k and the uh, health care and all that sort of thing. But they don't realize that that, that stability if you if you trade it for freedom, you also get that instability. So that, that freedom of entrepreneurship has the the yeah leveling factor of that instability. That uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think everyone's built for it. Um, I've questioned if I'm built for it. Sometimes, uh, just it's it, it can be hard. There's it's definitely an uphill battle. But um, you know if, if it's something that you're really interested in, I think it's I think it's worth it. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, I think people oftentimes vilify, you know, money and wealth. But like you said, in order to have a bigger impact, you need a bigger reach. Yeah. So, um, yeah, once I once I quit UPS and then kind of got started and read the four hour work week, I was like, OK, it's like, what, what can I do? that uh, is actually gonna gonna have this this kind of impact and by that time i had finished um i actually ended up getting my degree i have a degree in communications um i tell people that i that's where i learned to talk good and um so yeah then uh, i was working for this national nonprofit and really enjoying what i was doing for them but i i knew that i needed to expand beyond that because as as awesome as it was to have that um, that position, I knew that I wanted like my own thing, so that's where I started getting into copywriting. And um, I think this might be hopefully is helpful to some people. Um, I was talking to my brother when I wanted to start this. I was like, ah, you know, it just doesn't seem like anybody gets paid to write, and that's really what I want to do. Is I want to want to write and do that. And he was um, basically told me he's like, if you want to do something, just start doing it, which sounds so simple and uh, you know just ridiculously easy, but. It, it, it is something that a lot of people don't do is just take that action. So I was able to uh, just started doing a, a blog. It was actually a political blog that I just kind of, I ended up writing it for myself pretty much because um, nobody else read it. But <laughs> it was it was a learning experience. And through that, I think I probably totaled around 200,000 words and it, it built discipline, it built skill um, and, and it built a portfolio as well to be able to point back and be like, yeah, you know, I've already written over 200,000 words. So um, it was about four years of, of working on that with no results to show, but 
at the same time, it it set me on this this course to where now copywriting is a is a huge part of what I do, and it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't just started doing it. Yeah, I agree. And oftentimes, you're the the thing that stands in your way. You as an individual are the biggest hurdle to kind of pass through. You know whatever you need to pass through in terms of a mental block to take action. And I think people oftentimes don't appreciate how hard it is to really let a write good copy or a, a good, uh, you know, a story or a book or a blog post or even a social post. It takes a lot. And if it's kind of not your native, um, you know, skill set, it, it's, it's very hard. <laughs> I definitely found that out the hard way. It's like, well, how hard could it be? And then you start to realize like, wow, there, there's a lot to this. And I look at people like uh, Frank Kern, I mean, he's just a legend when it comes to, to writing, you know, sales copy and just speaking to you. And I think uh, just if, if I get, wanted, wanted to give a quick tip to somebody, I'd say just write like you speak because people read stuff and they're like, this just doesn't drive. And they may not know why necessarily, but I think a lot of the time it's because your brain is telling you nobody talks like that. <laughs> and that's what we usually hear every day is people talking. And then we read something and it sounds nothing like anything we ever hear people talk about. So it sounds disingenuine. And uh, that's a real turnoff for people right there. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people also write to piece search engines so it's not in terms of a conversational or intent-based kind of focus it's basically let's optimize this so we rank higher but in that you also have to account for the end user because if you write something bad and you rank eventually that's going to fall off because that bounce rate is so high and a search engine like google will not present something where a person just leaves the website because it correlates to they're not getting to what they're looking for. Yeah, actually delivering that value and and showing them, you know, solving their problem basically is, is should be the goal of good copywriting at the end of the day. Yep, I agree. So what motivates you to succeed? I think, uh, well, first and foremost, I think it's just my family. Got a beautiful wife and, and a little uh, baby on the way. And uh, yeah, just knowing that, you know, they're depending on me to you know bring home the bacon as they say um and i want to do my best for them that i possibly can um i was very blessed with some awesome parents who took really good care of me and i want to do the same thing for my kids and i think that's uh and my wife and my kids and i think that's definitely one of the main motivations but then beyond that i feel like um i'm a, I'm a christian and i believe that god has a, a big calling on my life a purpose uh, an overarching purpose is beyond just making money it's beyond just you know serving clients and that sort of thing and um i think part of it is gonna require some money and you know he provides but um he expects us to do the work as well so that's kind of my other motivation is um seeing that that bigger purpose and knowing that if i'm able to you know work hard now provide wealth for my family and then generate that wealth that's going to allow me to um, take that next step and really get into that huge impact that I, I believe I have that uh, calling on my life. That's, uh, I think between those two things, that's the main motivation in there. Yeah, and I think motivations also change, obviously, at parts of your life. So, you know, before you were married, you, you may have said something else. And I think it's important because depending on what part of your life, it may be different. And myself also, you know, I have faith, you know, uh, in my life. And I think a lot of people kind of uh, pray 
and don't take the action. You know what I mean? But you you have to put yourself in the situation and position yourself to succeed because just simply praying about it, that's that just falls kind of on deaf, deaf ears. You know, just praying, you know, I'm going to reach this goal. Or I'm going to build this business. Okay, well, you know, God can't really get you there unless you, you know, you you do something about it. I mean, he, he can put things in your way in terms of like meeting the right people at the right time or being blessed with this situation and that situation. But if you're kind of blindly just asking for something but not willing to put in the work and do it, I think that's kind of like, I know a lot of people have that kind of mentality and it's like super frustrating. Definitely. Yeah. And it, it just, it, it results in frustration. I was actually, I was watching a little Tony Robbins video the other day and he was talking about how a lot of people, you know, they, they set a goal and they, um, they, they want to do it, but then they don't take the action. And then that negatively impacts their belief because they're like, well, I set this goal and then nothing happened. And so then their belief gets knocked down a notch. And then anytime they set any other goals, you know, same thing happens and their belief just keeps getting knocked down and knocked down. You have to marry that, that belief along with that action if you ever actually want to see the result. Yep, I, I, I totally agree. So what's one thing that you may have struggled with in the past that you've seen as a weakness in yourself that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Uh, well, I, I think one of my main weaknesses is, uh, just kind of the introvertedness. Um, I think that has been kind of crippling, um, in, in some senses where it's like, I, I didn't want to, you know, put out the, any effort to, to meet new people or network or, um, you know, and that's the sort of thing that'll lead to the kind of sales and stuff that you see, uh, really successful people having is, is their network. And, uh, you know, your, your network is your net worth. And so if you're an introvert like me, that can be really hard to actually build that network when you're, when you're just too busy staying inside. However, I think that did actually kind of lead to, to something good in a way because it motivated me to work harder, um, you know, within my, my four walls of my, my little office here um, to, you know, not <laughs> have to go out and, and do any of that sort of thing. So be able to, to figure it out basically. And so I think it was a, it was a motivating factor for sure for me to, to learn all I could and to get better at what I do so that I can do it um, on a computer instead of having to, to go and, and be the, the extroverted salesperson type of guy. I can actually um, do it, you know, kind of from, from the comfort of my own home and not have to have that, um, you know, I, I think it's a balance. I think I, I, I probably err too much on the on the introverted side, and my wife certainly helps me with that a lot. But uh, you know, I think that was definitely a, a, a weakness that I'm I'm working on creating it into or uh, changing it into an asset. Yeah, and I think it's all kind of harnessing it. So you know, figuring out. I prefer, you know, my my alone time, and you know, I don't necessarily like being in super large crowds. But kind of getting yourself out of the comfort zone also, knowing that like you need to be able to do this or just force yourself to do it because you know if you do do it, it will make you that much more successful and open up doors that, you know, you may regret because that's one of those things where, you know, if you try something and do it, okay, you know, a conversation didn't go the way you wanted it or something like, you know, you became, you know, anxious or uncomfortable. Well, maybe you did that, but if you didn't do that in 20, 30 years, you think back at it and, you know, what if I spoke to that person? What, you know, what door could have that open? Because we don't necessarily regret the things we try. You know, we should learn from them, good or bad and pivot. But, you know, you only regret the things that you, you know, that never were. Yeah. 
you, the action that you didn't take. Yeah, for sure. So what's one thing you can leave with the audience in terms of advice, personal or professional? Yeah, I was, I was thinking about this. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I, I see messing people up, especially kind of this digital entrepreneur, you know, or just any entrepreneur really is, is a lack of prioritization. Um, I feel, I, I feel like so many people get so focused on the business side of things that they, they neglect the other stuff. And really at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself what, what good is a business? Uh, if you have like a super successful business and all the money in the world, if you have, you know, sacrificed your health, your family, your spiritual life, um, your relationships, all that stuff. If you've if you've given that up in exchange for for a successful business, you're going to be a very unhappy person. So I think that that is the biggest thing is to really prioritize. Um, and that's that's tricky for me. I'm I'm a very um, I guess passionate would be the nice word. Obsessive might be the the less nice word. Uh, when when I'm on a project, when I'm working on something, I, I get into it, you know. And it's really hard for me to take a break to actually like, okay, you know, let's go have coffee, and let's go for a walk, let's you know take some time to to get away from the computer and just <laughs> you know spend some time with people or things like that. So um, I would definitely recommend that people just you know look at look at your day and and see where you are, um, you know, focusing, um, too much and where you could need to focus more. I think just prioritizing, you know, your, your health is huge. That is definitely a big thing that people need to, to focus on. And then just your relationships, because at the end of the day, life is about relationships, your relationship with God, relationship with your, your family and other people. Like that's, that's what it boils down to. If you have all the money in the world and nobody to share it with, it's, it's not going to be a very fat, happy, happy ending to your story. So yeah, just, just, just really look at your life and find find those places where you need to adjust your priorities. Yeah, and I, I don't think there's ever like a 50-50 split because people often talk about work-life balance, but if in terms of a you know startup founder, a CEO, an executive, an entrepreneur, that's hard to achieve. So you really, like you said, you have to figure out what's important to you, make time for it, and kind of you know, find workarounds, some of the stuff that you may can, can get outsourced or automated or things of that nature. So you have time or more time to spend with your family, friends, loved ones, focusing on your passion, your faith, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. I don't, I, I think that that concept of work-life balance is not a, a good way to look at it because it, it does insinuate that like, okay, we do 50% family, 50% work and that, that doesn't work either. So it's, uh, it's more, like I said, just prioritizing and really taking that, that perspective of like, okay. And, th and there are seasons too. I think that's something a lot of people need to realize is that, you know, there are going to be times where you're spending way more time at work than you are, you know, with your family and that's okay. Cause you're, you're in a building phase and you're going to, you're going to get out of it. The, the key is to get out of it and actually have that, that self-awareness, uh, that awareness of your surroundings, um, and just really, you know, uh, make, make it a season. And then once you come out of it, you're able to, to focus on, on the other things as well. Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you coming on today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yeah, for sure. I would love to connect with anybody who has any questions or anything like that. Um, my website is just invicta.enterprises. And a lot of people are like, wait, where's the, what about the com? And I'm like, well, there's no com. It's just, <laughs> it's just invicta.enterprises. And my email is brady at invicta.enterprises. Um, on Facebook, I'm posting stuff uh, like 
uh, Roman said, I do website design. So I'm, I'm always posting helpful little tips and tricks there on Facebook at the Invicta Enterprises and it'll pop right up. And then uh, I actually have a little gift for anybody who's listening who I know right now, like we talked about at the start, uh, a lot of people are trying to, to get more online and, and really have their website, you know, do a lot of the heavy lifting when they can't have people coming into their physical store or whatever. So I put together, it's a, it's a little audit that goes through, helps you walk through your website and uh, kind of grade it. And then you can use it actually to even grade your competition as well and see, you know, how your website stacks up against them because your website's your first impression. So you want to make sure that you nail it. So if, uh, if anybody wants that, you can go to invicta.enterprises slash audit. And it's just a free download that they can get. And uh, I think it'll be super helpful. I've had a lot of people get it and, and found it really helpful. So invicta.enterprises slash audit. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Yeah. Thank you, Roman. Hope you have a wonderful day. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.